Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. To monument or not to monument? That seems to be the question in Washington, D.C. It seems to go back and forth depending on which party is in control of the White House. Is there a better way to deal with national monuments? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. As you've been uh, listening here on KSL News Radio, President Joe Biden uh, formally signed uh, two executive orders, actually three executive orders today, two relating to the state of Utah, uh, dealing with the Bears Ears and the uh, Grand Staircase Escalante monuments, uh, returning them to the size they were uh, prior to President Trump uh, reducing those a couple of years ago. And we want to get into kind of just beyond the headline of all of this and get into the process. To help us do that, we have... Representative Blake Moore from Utah's 1st Congressional District on the line with us. Congressman, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Floyd, as always. So, so give us a, an initial reaction to both the, the action taken by the president and also the speech delivered by the president uh, announcing these executive orders today. Well, the important thing on this is that no matter what side of the debate you're on, every single person wants ultimately the same thing. Protect, our, protect the land, preserve our land, preserve it secure these artifacts, that's never been up for debate, right? Um, these historic places, that's never been up for debate. We want to we want to preserve those. This action today, unfortunately, it does nothing to actually do that. This is this is this is politics in general. And there's this was expected. You know, our delegation all went down and met with Secretary Holland. I spoke with her yesterday. This was to some degree expected, but we were hoping for a different outcome. Someone to be able to, to look at this and say, okay, this has just been a political football or just this ping-ponging back and forth between you know, Republican or Democrat administrations. Like we had a real opportunity. We have a real opportunity to do something here. And um, in my conversation with Secretary Holland, and I've developed a great relationship with her, and in, in an effort to, to, to get to some normalcy on this, the second thing out of her mouth after saying we're going to, you know, we're going to reestablish these boundaries, but we really do want to build a strong management plan. And and that's just evidence to my point of establishing the boundaries does nothing for the management plan. It does nothing for the biggest concern that I have. And this is the this is the crux of it, in my opinion. 
Because when I was down there, I heard from the tribal leaders to the whole group that was there. When this became designated as a monument, it brought a ton of visitation, unsustainable visitation that is now doing more damage than not having the designation. Now, I don't disagree with having there be a designation of a monument there, but to take the amount of acreage doesn't actually get to the management plan to make sure we have the proper law enforcement available and the funding to be able to actually put together what the legislative option would ultimately do. Yeah, and I think those are such critical points that uh, aren't getting a lot of attention today is the the management plan component to it. It's fine. You can declare all kinds of things uh, to be this, that, or the other, but how are you going to maintain it, sustain it, uh, and make it work for those who actually live there uh, and work there, and whether that's the the tribes themselves, the tribal members, whether it's our, our ranchers and farmers that are down there, or our, our local citizens in those rural communities, uh, without a management plan, uh, in many ways, this actually make could make things uh, a lot worse, not better. We have uh, a, a big chunk of the parcels down there are under Sitla, and this is a little wonky, but Sitla ultimately goes to support our schools, and now there's an uncertainty on what we actually do with that. So, I mean, there is so many layers to this that get so miscommunicated in, um, in all of the turmoil and rhetoric out there. But the, the, the heart of it is we have got to come up with the actual plan on addressing all of these issues. And what happens today is just a political statement. It's not actually going to change or, or, or benefit anything right now. Um, and we're still committed to it. I know Governor Cox is firmly committed to coming up with a better solution. We're, we're, we're disappointed in today's announcement. But, you know, if Secretary Holland is sincere, and I believe she is, about getting to what we can ultimately do, it's um, we're going to do it. This isn't, you know, I, I often see, you know, you're told not to look at the comments. And I generally <laughs> take that as a rule of thumb to keep my mental health in somewhat check. But, you, you know, I look at the comments on this one, and I'm like, this is not. This is the vast. I mean, I think it's like 100 percent of the land that's now just designated as monument was already under BLM and right. Forest Service. This was already federal land. This isn't going to go into just automatically going and drill, baby drill, and ex- extractive services and all that. That's the biggest misconception in this whole thing. BLM operators have a tougher time. BLM officers down there in that region have a have a tough time with this designation because it limits the ability for them to do their job. Mm. So you know. It's a mis- there's a miscommunication about this whole thing. This isn't just, you know, Republican versus Democrat, all that kind of stuff. Like, it's, it's, we need a management plan. We need to go and do this. I, I hope that Secretary Holland's sincere, and we can, we can, even though this is disappointing, still make, make progress down there. Yeah, I want to get one last question in uh, for you, Congressman, before, you, before I let you go. Uh, one of the other things that was frustrating to me in terms of watching this, how this played out, uh, we always talk about let's make sure we have a good relationship between federal state, local, all the way down to the citizens. The plan that you've been talking about, I think, is the great underreported thing today in terms of what is the management plan. Uh, And then you also have this uh, idea. I thought it was a great move when the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, moved their headquarters to Colorado out to the west where a lot of the lands they're supposed to manage are taken. Uh, and now they've moved that back to Washington, and then uh, within just a couple of weeks of that announcement, uh, you know, they announced, again, the size of this monument, which most people don't realize is is two times the size of the state of Delaware. Uh, and is that disconnect between 
someone housed in Washington, D.C., and those who actually live and work and are around the land, is that going to make it harder for the kind of partnership and management plan you described from actually happening? Yeah, 100 percent. There was real excitement about there being a Western presence and and, 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 a, and a real presence, not just like a satellite office like they might have now in, in that part of Colorado, like, like real folks too who exist there. They're real decision makers. When, when, the, when, the, when the decision makers exist within the Beltway, there is no way. People do not get what federal land actually is. They, 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 and I have to, you know, I'll go and explain it to some of my colleagues from New Jersey <laughs> or, you know, like Pennsylvania, they're like, wait a minute, what? You, you, you can't go and have some autonomy on how you go get tax revenue. Like, no, no, we're just stuck with whatever pill it gives us. And these rural communities are continually receding and they're not having the opportunities to be able to go. And, and, uh, and, and the point is, Utah loves our public lands. We have vast sportsmen, recreation, conservation efforts that go on. And it's not a high, it's not, you know, it, the language around it's all hyper-partisan, yeah. but the reality in Utah is much, much better. Yeah. Um, and that's what people don't understand back in Washington. Yeah. Great insight. Great point. Appreciate you responding. Uh, obviously, a, a significant day, a disappointing day for many. Uh, some cheered, of course. And uh, I think the most important thing is let's see that management plan, because ultimately that is what will preserve and do the things that everyone actually agrees on in terms of those artifacts, those sacred spaces. Congressman Blake Moore, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, boy. All right, again, uh, obviously a hot topic, political topic, uh, but we've got to get past that. We can't let it continue to be the pendulum. Let's uh, figure out a better way, and let's make sure we're doing it the right way through Congress. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.